everybody to the gastroenteritis blues i'm steve Littman. i'm with dan volpone and emily anderson hi guys how are you hey i'm good how are you dan i'm i'm good doing good going back to school soon so i'm i'm pretty excited that's exciting uh, in pittsburgh right yep and what is your address <laughs> no forget it um i uh, you can send me that uh we in sixers world had a bad week it was not good uh except they won they won every game i was just saying to emily before we started recording that if you only pay attention to twitter you would think the sixers are losing by 20 at every point in the game but they actually just sort of won three like listless games where they just sort of like half tried their way through it but obviously the big news is that ben simmons has a loose body in his knee uh, he's getting surgery and uh, in all likelihood out for the season. What is your immediate reaction to that? Um, well, first, my reaction was, like, what is a loose body? Right. Um, like, did part of his kneecap break off? Because that seems more serious than, like, that he should definitely be out for the rest of the season, not, like, potentially. Like, what is in his knee? I'm so confused. Loose body sounds both better and worse than it probably is. Like, I don't if, – if is it just a little thing, or is it, a, like, a giant – I don't know. But it's not good. In my head, he's got, like, another person in his knee, and it's just, that was like, a really small thought. person. Right. But, but that's, that can't be right. Um, <laughs> you're on some websites, you're reading stuff. You're yeah, like, it's just, it doesn't look, it doesn't it doesn't sound like that is what it is. Yeah. But my, my main reaction is like, it's, it sucks. Like yeah. you hate to lose a guy. I like Ben, but also like, I feel like the team goes through so much through Joel anyway. Like I'm interested to see even what happens. Like they, I feel like they, you know, kind of just go as he goes anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge bummer, especially for Ben, who it looks like worked so hard to come back from the back injury and play during the restart. Uh, so to just get shut down, it's a bummer. I think it really changes the ceiling for them. You know, like right. he, he really elevates. I think in the half court, like maybe even the spacing will be better and they'll optimize it a little bit more around uh, Embiid because they won't have a non-shooter. They might have some less than great shooters like Thibel or whatever, but uh, I think it, it pretty much closes the championship window for this season. I don't really see a way that they find their way through the East without him. What, do you guys agree, Emily? Yeah, I mean, I can see that it kind of puts us back to where we are before the shutdown when Ben was out with his back. It was yeah, like we right. weren't yeah. expecting to have him for the playoff run. So, like, then we're like, oh, he's a whole be ready. But now it's actually – so it was good for us, but now it's worse for us because at least then, like – Giannis was hurt and like some other people, but now they're all healthy and we're just back to being hurt. Right. So Sixers yeah, I mean, are going to Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I, I, I didn't think they really had a championship window anyway this year. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have a hard time like trying to, to figure out how I view it as mattering. Like, they're obviously worse. Like I think they have a, if you know, before they had a 1% chance of getting out of the East. Now it's much less than that. Right. Um, 
but it's really going to depend now, I think, more than ever, like how long can they put off Milwaukee? I think yeah. now it's even more important to stay in the sixth seed yeah. than to like lose. Right, yeah. They're not doing somehow. I know, I know. Now they won't lose as hard as they try. Yeah. Um, what it really, what I worry about is that it will mean Brett playing Embiid like 40 minutes a game because he doesn't have Simmons. And, and then what happens is Embiid gets hurt. Like that would be a nightmare scenario. Uh, so I'm worried that they end up taxing Embiid way too much and then suffer the consequences of that. It was a weird play that Simmons got hurt on. He threw like an inlet pass and just like limped and went straight off the floor, you know? Yeah, it didn't really look like much happened. Like even in the in the close-up like slow motion replay, he didn't seem to – there wasn't like weird movement in his knee where you're like, ooh, I see it there. Right. And he's such a tough guy that – he kind of just walked off like nothing was happening, although apparently it's a pretty painful injury. Yeah. So it's really hard to see even the exact moment in the play when it, when it happens, I feel like. Yeah. They call it a subluxation. Subluxation. Sub- I don't know. Subluxation, I think. I read half of the tweet and I was like, <laughs> I got this. I'll relay it. Yeah. Which I think is like a dislocation yes. of his knee. Yeah. Why can't they call it a dislocation, though? Yeah. What's the deal? Like, we have to say everything weird. Mark Alfonso said, like, <laughs> fluid put into his shoulder to come out of his shoulder nobody knew what that was i think it like slipped down because if it's like sub it should be under so i think it's like it flipped down versus up mm-hmm. maybe it's just like a directional thing that was very like good. a sublux of your shoulder is when it like falls out of the socket this is oh wow i'm learning a lot That's i really learned good. that in grad school yeah what? medical grad school occupational therapy grad school so like this is good yeah kinesiology kind of thing yeah, I had to take the class, so. That's great. Uh, so this week, the Sixers played San Antonio, Washington, and Orlando. Uh, the Ben injury happened against uh, Washington, I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Because he missed Orlando. Right. He missed Orlando. Uh, all three games were pretty similar. Uh, Shake Milton had a game winner against San Antonio. He really rebounded from – he had a terrible game uh, in the first game against Indiana any anything else that sticks out from those three games from this week I just I just think it's funny last week we were like one and three at best and like <laughs> they won all three games and we're still like eh. <laughs> right, right right yeah it really shows like the loss to Indiana was painful and it's like oh classic Sixers loss but then all three wins this week were like the classic painful Sixers win where it's like they're playing a terrible team and they win and like other than San Antonio, I think it, they all kind of felt like wins the whole time. Uh, but just not pretty basketball. Like, even besides not trying, like, no one seems to, like, be, you know, going through the system the right way. Like, no one's really committed to running the offense at all. It's painful. I mean, I wanted to ask you guys, do you think it's something about Philadelphia that makes us have this experience where – the wins feel like losses and the losses feel like losses. And like, unless they're blowing somebody out, it's so frustrating. Is it something specific about the team? Is it something specific about Philadelphia fandom uh, or all of the above or none of the above? I think it's something specific about the team. I think it's because the expectations for them are consistently so high every preseason. It's because we have players like Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And we see players like Giannis taking over his team. And, I mean, I think, you know, Joel has 
the potential to be better than Giannis. And it's like, why is this not happening for us here? Right. And I think it that is what consistently frustrates us. So when they're not playing up to their potential, which is always, then it's always frustrating. Yeah, I think it's got to be the team. Like 2017-18 was definitely a really fun year. Right. Um, and it wasn't the same kind of ugliness. Like, they were fun. Like, they got up and down the court. They hit shots. <clears throat> and I think part of it with this team specifically – like, obviously, the expectations, like Emily said. But on top of that, like, we know what their problems are. And even when they win games, like, yeah, they're better than the teams they're playing. They're winning games. But there's so few games where it's like, oh, like, they, their weaknesses were really covered up. Like, they really hit shots this game and spread yeah. the floor around Joel. I mean, they've had, like, five games that have, that have made me feel that way. Right. No, and the other thing is that, like, the way that they need to be good playing like Simmons and beat and Horford is to just sort of beat the shit out of people on defense and like wear them down and score enough points and get to the free throw line. Uh, it's just like, it's not a fun pace of basketball unless Simmons grabs off a miss and runs. Like part of that is like a defeating version of basketball to watch. Uh, so yeah, it's not great. Markel Fultz, Played against the Sixers the other day. He didn't shoot well, but I'm happy to see that he's an NBA player. Do you guys have any Markel? How did you feel about Markel when he was with the Sixers, Emily? Um, I just – it was just, like, a depressing time all around, yeah. to be honest. Like, I remember when we got that first pick and we everyone was so excited to get him, and I remember exactly where I was when I got the tweet alert that he was – traded and I felt the same elation at that moment because just nothing was going to happen for him here it was never right. going to but then it was just so frustrating because it was just like a waste of it just seemed like a waste of a lot of work to get that number one pick Big so time. yeah yeah when, but I'm happy for him I have like nothing against him as a, as a person I guess I mean I, I think it's really easy to separate how someone is as a person from their basketball career but just as as a player on the Sixers could not stand him. I thought he was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, like, not just that he's played in stunk. Like, I feel bad for him in that way. Like, clearly something happened. Right. But just, like, I remember after his first game back and, like, he got a question from the media, like, you know, kind of asking what happened. Or, and he was, like, kind of a jerk, rushed it off. He wouldn't and, he I, I remember this. They, yeah. they he finally plays against Denver and has like a decent he had a couple of mid-range jumpers and the team was going crazy for him. They won the game. But they asked him after like hey, what, what's going on? Like, nobody knows what's going on. And he didn't, he would not respond to it. So, like, he's 19. I get that that's, like, a pretty difficult situation. But you would think that they would have told him have something for them yeah. more than this, you know? Well, and then, and since then, I feel like, like, since we, tra like, well, the whole time he was here, fans were so supportive. And I think that's kind of something that we, the, like, Philly fans don't get credit for. Like, yeah. they really do stick with guys through tough times. Um, I mean, you might get some booze, but, like, once you get back on the court, like, there's not a lot of grudges held. Like, he comes out, hits some shots, guys are cheering him on. Right. Um, you know, the stadium's going crazy, the team has his back. And they trade him because, like, frankly, he stunk. And um, and it wasn't going to happen here. Like, no, it, it wasn't. I mean, they whatever, needed shooting, yeah. he wasn't that. Yeah. But, but, and then, you know, you get the leaks coming out about, you know, he didn't feel supported here. And, yeah. you know, everyone's saying, you know, the fans, you know, would have hated him. And it's like, that's just detached from what actually happened right right no I heard somebody say that Sixers fans cheered him and he was a number one overall pick like when the manager gets to play in high school basketball like people were <laughs> so excited for him to do anything positive so I don't think for that sure. 
he wasn't like getting booed all the time. People really rooted for him and wanted him to be good. And I can't, yeah, I can't even think of like a time when I was at a game and he was in that people like booed him. Like even if he missed shots, like people just wanted him to take them. Like that game that he had the triple double, like people were screaming for them to like give the bar- ball to Markel so right. he could get the assist, like uh-huh. letting him have the rebounds. Like everyone was so excited. Like, yeah. Was yeah. Like- that was one of my favorite moments in recent Sixers histories when he grabbed that final rebound for the triple-double. I think it was right before the playoffs. And yeah. everybody went crazy. Right before he broke uh, Joel's face. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> he broke Joel's face with his possibly injured shoulder. We'll never know <laughs> if he ever hurt his shoulder. But, uh, so the other thing about this podcast is that we're recording today. It's 4 o'clock. The Sixers play at 6.30. And you might be listening, saying to yourself, why aren't they talking about the Portland game? <laughs> Good point. We didn't see it. It hasn't happened yet. <laughs> These things happen. Uh, so we'll We're not give you off our dinner plans. Right. Well, no, come on. What are we? <laughs> Barbarians? We'll give you a couple different reactions, maybe. Uh, Emily, what did you think about the third quarter tonight? Um, well, Dame really went off in the third yeah, quarter. Yeah, that was tough. And it always happens. Yeah. And it's so hard because I – I always I like Portland. CJ went to Lehigh. My fiance went to Lehigh, so we oh, like wow. tend we tend to root for for Portland in the West. Mm-hmm. And so he is always conflicted, and then we get in little fights. But those two go off, and it's like, what are you going to do? But we had a strong fourth quarter. We bounced back. Right. I was not expecting this much Kylo Quinn playing time, but he ran the point really well. I mean, I don't I, I don't know what to say. He's a big big point guard. They like big point guards. Dan, what did you think of that? Yeah, I mean, Kyle Quinn, great passer. Right. I think, you know, it's finally time that the Sixers capitalized on his one skill that mm-hmm. makes no sense for his body. So <laughs> I was really happy to see that. And uh, The between-the-legs pass. That yes. was a good one. Yes. yes. We'll see that on SportsCenter tonight. Yeah, but sure. you know what? They're not going to talk about it like they talked about Lucas last night because, because the national media has some kind of agenda against Kyle Quinn. Anti-O'Quinn bias. Him. Right. I'm tired of it. Yep. Anyway. That was uh, that was a Portland game. Really, really good stuff. Uh, Matisse Thibel had another vlog. Uh, I, Dan and I, I think just watched it. Emily, I don't know when you did, but what what were your reactions to his most recent vlog? This was not my favorite vlog, although I was really excited that his dad made another great great appearance just <laughs> via via telephone. Matisse's dad, Mister Thibel, is the number one star of the vlog, and I was so happy to hear his voice. Right. Uh, I have found them less insightful as games have started happening. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like there's less that he can and feels like he should be filming now. Right. Uh, Sam, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree. There's probably just, like, less to cover also. Like, you know, you get kind of the basics of what's going on, and then it's just kind of yeah. like his boring life. But yeah. my my big takeaway was I'm glad he explained why he put vote on his jersey. And it was, like, an understandable explanation. Like, he said his dad grew up in a dictatorship. Um, but when I was when I first saw he put boat on his jersey, I was kind of against the anything on the jersey anyway because I I feel like it's like just the fact that they couldn't choose what it was in the first right. place. Right. That's why I was not that I'm obviously for them making a statement. Um. But like I saw boat and I was like that's kind of lame. Like vote for who? Like mm-hmm. it didn't really feel like a statement to oh, me. Yeah. Um. But I'm glad he explained it because his explanation did make sense. Um. And you know. I wasn't, I wasn't like holding it against him, but I'm glad that he had like a good reason and not like a Jonathan Isaac, why did you stand reason, which was just, you know, I mean, he could do what he want, but it was basically like, I just did. And Matisse had a good reason. Right. Um, Yeah. He articulated it really well, which I think is something that Isaac did not do. 
Yeah. Um, and that articulation is a big point of it. And good yeah. for Matisse for getting on Fallon. That's huge. Unreal. Yes. Matisse no, my Fallon. takeaway from Matisse on Fallon was, and I didn't watch the actual thing unless the full thing was in the vlog, which mm. I don't think it was. Almost. I don't, I it was not oh, that okay. much more. I watched okay. both, yeah. But my takeaway was, so I'm not a big Jimmy Fallon fan, um, but when he said, you know, he said, told Matisse he's a big fan of not just his vlog, but he's just a fan of Matisse, like as a player implying. And like, there's no way Jimmy Fallon watches the Sixers and then like takes away, like, I really like the guy who plays 20 minutes a game off the bench. Like right. he definitely hasn't seen Matisse play ever. <laughs> Yeah, no, Alan's he's really into rookie defense. He's like exactly. that rookie. Look at his defense. Look at that wingspan. Look at him shed yeah. that screen. Alan <laughs> loves it. Alan loves that. Uh, yeah. yeah, what you're saying about the the things on the back of the jerseys, a lot of players took issue with it because they were sort of given this list, and it felt like a neutered way to to do this. Like if right. if they're allowed to express themselves, you should actually let them express themselves and not just give them these like sort of sponsored posts that they can put on their jerseys. But mm -hmm. anyway, it was, uh, Matisse is great. And uh, he was very handsome. Um, One other <laughs> quick funny thing about the vlog is when I watched him on Fallon, I was like, look at Matisse, like putting up his like subscriber thing from YouTube that they sent him in the background so that everyone can see it. And then in the vlog, I learned he was really just using it to hide things. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. It's very DIY. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, so every time the Sixers even come close to losing, there's a lot of chat about Brett Brown and uh, whether he should be the coach of the Sixers. I have felt for a while that unless the Sixers play in the finals, he won't be the coach anymore. People are now seeing a bit of a glimmer that maybe they will keep him because Simmons won't play and they'll be like, well, the team was built for the playoffs. What do you want to do? And uh, I don't, I don't think that'll happen. I think that like, they had 65 games to be better than a six seed, and they weren't. So that's a lot of a sample size, too. How do you guys feel about Brett uh, overall? Dan, what are your thoughts on Brett and, you know, as it pertains to going forward? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I have a lot of, like, kind of Brett nostalgia, even though he's still around, just, like, from, like, the old days where we were winning nothing, but, you know, Brett was so enthusiastic the whole time. And, and like, I love the guy, you know, right. but it, it's definitely time. He's not a bad coach like a lot of people want to make him out to be. He was kind of dealt an impossible hand. Yeah. But it's just not getting the buy-in and the effort, and I think it's kind of obvious. So I, I, think, I think it's time for someone else. It's been like, what has it been, six years now? Yeah, seven, I think. Seven years, yeah. So, it's, so it's, yeah. it's been a while. It, it might be time for a change. I'm not sure how much better it'll get, but it's worth a shot. Yeah. And, and really, if you're Elton Brand trying to keep your job next year, there's no way you can bring back Brett Brown yeah. and, and say that, yeah, actually, like, we think the coach did a fine job this year, and this <laughs> is what our final product was. So right. uh, there's, no, there's no way. Yeah. Emily, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Um, I do have a lot of affection for Brett, but I think that sometimes, like, some coaches are better at other things, and he might just be a coach that's meant to, like, coach those scrappy rebuilding teams that's able to like keep their morale high and keep them going. And he might not be the coach of a championship team and there's nothing wrong with that. But I do think it's important if we do get a new coach to really get input from the players, especially yeah. Ben and Joe, I think that Joe and Brett are pretty close being that, you know, they were, they've been here so long and Brett was really involved with Joe when he wasn't playing and he was hurt. So I think to take another person from his, like, 
circle um, that they need to get someone in there that Joe will trust, work with, respect, et cetera. Because, I mean, as we know, it's pretty much a player's league. And if they don't buy in, then that, it's not going to get any better. Right. Um, yeah, and Brett also has a long relationship with Simmons, having known his father uh, in Australia. So he's definitely been around. I love Brett. I always love Brett. He's just like – he seems like such a great guy and such an easy guy to, like, play for, you know? Uh, and I think he was the perfect guy during the process. And, and like, he kept such positivity throughout the whole thing. And I think that they needed him. Uh, and I'm happy that he got a chance once, like, he really had players. But at this point, I just think you can be somewhere a little bit too long. And, like, you can get to a point where it's, like, they need to bring in a different voice uh, to give it a different look. So I, I fully expect that unless they go on some crazy run. But I think that would be the only way that, that he's here next year. Right. I almost think of it as, like, kids with, like, homeschooling and COVID. Like, they're not listening to their parents anymore. Like, my nephews do not listen because they've only heard their parents' voice. Right for so long they need a new voice like they just need someone else to tell them to like stop doing things yeah and then they listen <laughs> yeah i think brett should teach your nephews i think that's the Me, fix. yeah perfect they might li- they would like him i think <laughs> of course how could you like, like brett true <laughs> so we're gonna play the most likely game again uh this dan last week was the judge and i will be doing that this week and then emily will do it next week uh how it's gonna work same as last week uh, I will give you a which sixer is most likely to blank scenario. We'll rotate who goes first and second. And I will choose uh, based on how much you Venmo me who wins. So uh, the, the first question will go to Dan. Which sixer is most likely to plan the best bachelor or bachelorette party? This question actually came from Tyler Monahan, who's a writer for Liberty Ballers. Yeah, and so I knew this question was coming. Because Tyler talked about it, and I still didn't prepare for it. (laughs) However, looking at the roster right now, I'm going to go with Joel Embiid. Um, And the reason is, I know he's a bit of a homebody, Mm -hmm. but I know once you get him out, he's a great time. So I think, you know, like, he's the guy who's up on stage dancing with his shirt off and and getting tweeted about by the burner accounts for doing so. (laughs) And I think... You know, he's also just like a party starter. Um, like once when he's having a good time, everyone's having a good time. You see it, you know, end of games on the bench. Right. Or, you know, just out in public. And so I think once you get him out, he's going to do a great job. Emily? All right. I'm going to go with Ben Simmons. Hmm. Um, he has a lot of connections. He has the LeBron connection. He, I don't think he currently has the Kardashian connection, but I assume that they ended on good terms. So, like, anywhere that you wanted to get in, I think Ben could get you in. Yeah. Um, he also, Alex from the Sixers is always with him taking pictures, so you would have <laughs> yeah, guy, pictures yeah. of, your car, of your party. <laughs> like, it would be completely documented, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, people wouldn't even need to have their phones out. Like, it could be, like, a completely unplugged, like, super – Anywhere you wanted to go, party, and then that's how I'd pick Ben. Okay, I have to give that one to Emily. Emily's yeah, up one good. nothing. Uh, Ben's much more of a going out guy, I think, and he knows clubs, uh, all that shit. So, yeah, I, I think Because he's 21 now. When he was, like, not 21, he was hanging out at, like, Dave and Buster's. I would not have picked him. <laughs> right. Um, but now 
Yeah. Good. I think you need I to think. be 21 to get into Dave and Buster's in some states too. Really? Not <laughs> Pennsylvania. I used to go there before I was 21, I think. Yeah. I think uh-huh. you just like can't go there like past 10 p.m. or something. <laughs> that, you might be right. There's a curfew. All right. One nothing, Emily. Next yes. up. Uh, the first question now goes to Emily. Which Sixer is most likely to get struck by lightning? Uh, there is one correct answer to this question. Zaire Smith. Thank you very much. Dan, you want to just throw <laughs> one out there? I mean... Oh, I mean... Norvell's Ryan, tall. Ryan that might... Oh. Ryan broke up. Okay. That, that's a, I, I like the attempt on that. Uh, Emily had the first guess, so she got, she got Zaire, right. who ate was, a sesame seed and nearly died. Answer. Right. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. <laughs> Uh, now, Dan, you start off. You're down. You're in a two-zero hole. Uh, which sixer is most likely to fall asleep on a date? Fall asleep on a date. All right. So we're we're looking for we're looking for Al Horford here. Mm. Um, the reason the reason Al Horford's going to fall asleep is that he's so damn boring. And uh, <laughs> after Furkan hit the game winner against Portland earlier in the year, he was DNP old at the celebration afterwards. Good reference. Not to, not to mention, I, I'm just not interested in things he has to say. Um, <laughs> and I think he's not interested in things he has to say in general. Like he, he, other than when the Sixers signed him, I've never really seen him excited about anything. And I think he could easily put himself to sleep. He's just also just slow in general too. Like that's, that's my guy. All right. Al Horford from Dan, Emily. Oh, that was a, that was a good answer. Mm-hmm. You're like, yes, it was. It, it was, was a very good it answer. Was. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Comeback season. Yeah, seriously. All right, this is not a good answer, but I'm going to go <laughs> with wait. it. I'm going to go with Matisse only because he does so many things. He has to edit the videos. He has to be on Fallon. He has to do all these activities, mm-hmm. and he just might be sleepy, but it's not a better answer than that. <laughs> Yes, Dan's answer wins. Matisse feels like a very attentive date and a giving lover. Matisse would not do that. So (laughs) we are right now at two to one. Emily's still in the lead, and Emily will now get the first question. Uh, Al Horford. I got to redeem myself. All right, in the same vein here, which Sixer is most likely to be heartbroken? Heartbroken. All right. I'm going to go with joe we've seen him be heartbroken over games Mm -hmm. and find solace in the arms of a lady companion so i think that he really is attached to those relationships and if they were to end things that are important to him we i think he feels it a lot so i'm gonna go with joe okay that's a very good answer i'm gonna go with matisse for this one the reason being he's he's so sweet that I think a few things would happen when someone broke up with him. He would A, not see it coming, and B, still think so highly of this person because he just sees the best in people and he's so bright and bubbly that this would just crush him. I mean, he would be like, what was wrong? Everything was going great. He's just, he's so positive that, that he wouldn't see the, the negative the other person saw, wouldn't see the negative in the other person, and, and he would just be, be blown away. It'd be too much for him. I really think that these were two. I don't think that there were any better ones than these two. Uh, we've seen Embiid cry. Um, uh, I think it's really tough. We're going to uh, have a cliffhanger. After the break, I'll tell you who wins this question. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now we're back from the break and let's talk about it. So the winner is Matisse would be the, he's just so innocent and pure. Let's go. Dan evens it up. It's two to two. Uh, first question now goes to Dan, I think. Yes. I thought about saying Matisse, but I was like, I can't say Matisse would be heartbroken right after I just said he'd fall asleep <laughs> on a date. So <laughs> You're trying to be consistent here. Yeah. Um, all right. Which sixer is most likely to have the most embarrassing tattoo? Well, Mike Scott is covered in embarrassing tattoos. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, if, if you asked me a couple years ago, I would have said Marco Bellinelli. Because... Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if everyone is familiar with the full breakdown of his artwork, but it's really bad. <laughs> but, but we don't have a lot of tatted up Sixers. I'm not entirely sure what Norvell Pell has going on. But mm. besides, he's really the only one besides Scott with a lot. But Scott's are bad. He's covered in emojis. And I hate emojis personally. Oh, interesting. I'm not an emoji guy. I think that it just looks like you're trying too hard once you put an emoji in. So I'm going to go with Mike Scott. He's just covered in them. They're bad. Okay. Emily? Okay. So I'm going to go with Josh Richardson only because he looks like, a, he, looks like he has fun. So I'm just picturing Josh Richardson is young and in Miami and like things are happening. It's Florida. Mm-hmm. Weird tattoos could happen. Also in Tennessee in college, like, you know, there's nothing really – I mean, they're in the mountains, you're drinking, you're going to tattoo parlor, who knows what's happening? Same with Florida. So I'm going to go with not an visible tattoo, but there's like a hidden tattoo that we don't know about. And oh, I would think spicy. that like he's trying to keep hidden because of that. I'm going to go Josh Richardson. I like that. So the first thing I thought of with this was Shake Milton, who has a kiss tattoo of the band Kiss oh, right. on his arm. I don't know why. I don't know if he loves that band, but I... I need the full story on that. We'll invite him on the podcast. Yes. Um, I think the winner is going to be three in a row for Dan because ah. the emoji tattoos are so blatant and obvious. Although I do, Emily, I do appreciate the story that you came together with, with Josh. Thank you. Um, and he's been shooting badly lately, so let's throw more dirt on him. I Pile really appreciate on. it. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So now we are in game six here. Game six. Game six. Yeah. Which sixer? is most likely to order dessert before dinner. Emily's up. I think, I think the obvious answer is Joel. Right. Because Correct. he loves sugary food. He has been known to not take care of his body. <laughs> um, I think the caveat would be like, he's ordering rooms eh, he doesn't really care if people know so there's no caveat um i'm gonna go with joe it just feels too obvious though so i'm interested to see what dan comes up with yeah so i i I think joel is definitely you know the guy we know is you know shirley temples the sweets the sweets lover but i'm gonna go with kyle o'quinn here Mm -hmm. and the reason i'm gonna go with kyle o'quinn is because if you remember back i think they were on a plane 
when Matisse brings the Chick-fil-A and forgot, he didn't bring enough biscuits. My uh-huh. favorite video. Yeah, it's a and, great video. And it is a great video. And Kyle O'Quinn, now there are some guys who were a little upset, but Kyle O'Quinn was just irrationally mad <laughs> about this, his lack of biscuits. And that tells me that, you know, he's not looking, you know, there's a game coming up. Why is he so focused on the biscuits? Why is he, this is junk food here. <laughs> he's serious about, about his, his junk food. And, and he's, he's not even worried about the healthy dinner. He's going straight to dessert. Um, I have to say, Dan, you lost yeah. that game. Emily wins that game. Oh, yes. <laughs> I got excited. I know. All right. Because so, I lost. I got excited because I lost. I don't know. That's masochistic. Um, <laughs> Joel Embiid, if you read Tangy to the Top, Yaron Weitzman's book, uh, yeah. he wrote in there about when Embiid was like in the draft process. He was at dinner like with Cleveland, I think, and David Griffin, and he ordered like three chocolate lava cakes before the appetizer. So I, I really think Embiid's the right choice there. The and right I'll answer. tell you right now, we were going to go to seven games no matter what, so I would lie about any of these. <laughs> uh, we're here in game seven. Which sixer is most likely to watch a horror movie alone at night? This first question goes to Dan, or the first answer is Dan. All right, watch a horror movie alone at night. So, hmm, there's a few guys I'm going to eliminate because I think they're just, they're, they're book readers at night. So it wouldn't be Tobias, wouldn't right. be Matisse to me. Uh, I, I want to say Joel, but I just said Joel, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get creative. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, oh, with Furcon. I'm going to go with Furcon. So, <laughs> Furcon, you know, he's not, He's not a, a huge talker, really, but but everyone loves him. You know, mm-hmm. like I think he just doesn't get a, get a lot of interviews, so we don't really know what he's into. Mm-hmm. But I get I get the feeling that since he doesn't seem to have any like inside jokes with the rest of the team, that he's he just like he's kind of like has like a weird taste in like the things that he he enjoys in his free time, and mm-hmm. and you know. Joel's he he he's like the obvious answer, but I don't think he'd actually watch it. I think he'd be terrified because he's yeah, kind of a baby. So <laughs> he's just like the kind of alone at night kind of guy. Right. But that's why I, I think it, it might be Furcon who does it. All right. Dan says Furcon. Game seven. Emily, what's your answer? It was a good answer. I'm gonna go with Shake Milton. Ooh. I think he's he's smaller. He's like more on a small people watch horror movies. No, he watches them to like to prove to himself like he can take these charges. He's not afraid of anything. He's not afraid of seven foot tall Joel Embiid. He'll tell him he'll smack the shit out of him because he's up at night watching all these scary movies and he, he can watch them by himself. So I'm just Jake Milton. I I mean the way that you made Jake Milton into like a seven year old staying up late being like I love it. Mom and dad don't control me. I'm going to watch Nightmare on <laughs> um, Wow. Okay. So th- the first thing that came to my head was Norvell Pell. He just seems like he likes watching scary stuff, and, he, and he's into it. Uh, Furcon or Shake? <laughs> Man. I think the winner is Shake, and mm-hmm. Emily gets yes! the win. That was good. That was good. Emily now one and on, one, one on the season. Uh, yes. Dan falls to 0-1. And, and, uh, so, yeah, thank you. This was a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, so the other thing that we did in the middle of this week, last week, of course, it, you know, podcast went viral. It's a very big deal. Uh, we talked about the handsomest Sixers. 
uh, I asked my girlfriend, yeah, so we did our list last week. Then we asked our significant others this week to comprise a list of their five most handsome Sixers. I got one from my girlfriend, Gabrielle. Did, were you guys able to get the other ones? Yeah, I was. Kind of. Kind of. Uh, do you want to start? Well, yeah, I asked him, and he was like, um, Carter Hart, Claude Giroux, and Kevin Hayes. Oh, so he I don't was know who like, any of those people are. Yeah, what is just, that? <laughs> he was just refusing to give Sixers because he was like on the Flyers bandwagon. Not bandwagon, he's a huge Flyers fan. They're all, yeah. He was on the Flyers train. He's very seriously on the Flyers train. And, and they're very good willing, right now, right? Yes. Was not okay. willing to get off. They're the number one seed in the East. Wow. For the playoffs. He was not willing to get off the Flyers train to play my game. I'll try again <laughs> next week. All right, great. Uh, thank you. Dan? Yeah, so I asked my girlfriend, Andrea. Great. And her Name top drop five, like it. Her top five were Mike Scott at five, Raul Neto at four, Ben Simmons at three, Shake Milton at two, and Matisse Thibel at one with an honorable mention for Al Horford, who almost made the list but then got booted off by Mike Scott. Wow. Wow. Okay. Probably because so, he has such beautiful skin. You should ask he if does it's have because he has beautiful skin. He I think the thing that brought him down was that he doesn't have enough hair. Oh. Ooh, he, she said if he had more hair, he would, he'd be better looking. <laughs> So I was thinking, Al, Al is definitely a handsome guy, and we didn't even consider him last week. Is it because we hate him? <laughs> I mean, it's not as a human being, but it just isn't working out. Uh, because Gabrielle, my girlfriend, name drop, also had Al Horford as an honorable mention. Uh, the other honorable mention is Norvell Pell. She thought he's very handsome and like that he has a certain magnetism. So, from five to one, Gabrielle had five, Tobias Harris. Uh, four, Glenn Robinson the third. Wow. I don't How know. I feel? He's a sick puppy. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, number three, Brett Brown. Uh, number two, Howell Neto. And number one, Matisse Thibel. I think Matisse had the most total uh, votes of anybody. Uh, and Neto, I think I, I made a mistake leaving him off, but... I think that uh, those are three, three really good lists on there. There's some <laughs> flyers uh, in there. It's very good. Um, Dan, there's somebody's Twitter account that you want to talk about, and I want to give you that platform. So what happened? Yeah, I just I wanted to take a minute here just to talk about we had a we had a loss in the Sixers community community recently, and it was the Twitter account of Lance Doc Pearson. So um, just you know wanted to pay our respects to him. <laughs> Because I feel like, you know, we can't just move on before we talk about, before we talk about Lance. Remind me who this person is. So, all right, here we go. A lot of fans don't know this about Lance Pearson, but he was actually a huge part of the process. So if you, if you remember back now, when people used to say, oh, Sam Hinkie's front office, they don't see players as people. They see them as numbers, right? So right. when they said, just in general, the front office, who they were really talking about was Lance Pearson here. And not everyone knew that at the time, but that's the guy that, that was, you know, getting all these headlines. Um, unfortunately, uh, Doc only lasted one season as the team's director of applied analytics in which the team went 28 and 54. Then, boom, fired him. Mm -hmm. And I like to think that if he had just spent maybe just one more year with the team, he would have finally gotten verified by Twitter and he wouldn't have to use the <laughs> emoji he uses that really convinces no one. <laughs> uh, it really doesn't look like a check mark, but 
it doesn't matter anymore because, you know, his Twitter's gone. He's, he's gone. And, you know, I, I don't know if I speak for all of us, but speaking for myself, I'm really going to miss Lance Pearson on Twitter. <laughs> he was, he really brought a lot of diversity to our community, I think. I mean, you might think, you know, he's just like white guy worked in sports. There's not any diversity for us, but no, he's actually the only politically conservative member of the entire Sixers Twitter community. So <laughs> I think, you know, that that uh, perspective was really important to our group, and I think we're gonna we're gonna miss out without it. And, so if and you think about would he it, he tweet mean stuff to you. Yes, not often because I went private. He's just a total ass. <laughs> but it, it is a loss if you think about it, because you know before, right? It's like, all right, if I want some unprompted, detached from reality takes about the virus that's on pace to kill three hundred thousand <laughs> Americans by the holidays, I know where to look. I can look in Derek Bodner's comments and I find Lance Pearson there every time. Wow. But, but now I don't know what if I'm going to have to look to some outsider who doesn't understand the Sixers to figure out, you know, why I should just be throwing my grandparents out there. <laughs> and I just want to say, honestly, there was one thing I admired about Lance a lot. And that's that he never stopped thinking that he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> you know, he was actually so wrong about the virus that he ended up on a chart that went viral from the COVID equivalent of freezing cold takes. But he still kept offering his opinion to people who were not asking for it about how everything was just completely overblown. And so if we didn't have him, you know, to keep us in perspective about what is really going on here, what is really going on here, mm -hmm. you know, we would have missed out. And we're going to miss out from now on. When, back at the time when we had him, we didn't really appreciate our very own scout with Brian. But now he's gone. That guy and, was an asshole too. Yeah. Yeah, but we had one. We had our own on the Sixers Twitter. Right, right. And he's gone now. Yeah. And, you know, because Twitter decided, you know, he was just false information, air quotes. You know, <laughs> so now Lance is gone because apparently his opinion is just, that's just false now. You yeah. know, because, you know, these, these libs on Twitter, <laughs> just, they're so soft and they can't. You know what you, know what you just did, truth. right? He's right. going to be the new coach. He's going to be the new coach. You did <laughs> he might that. be the new coach. He's going to be the new coach. Th then we'll get him back, which will be great. Because, yeah. you know, we have, all these, we have all these deaths. And Twitter's saying, you know, we've got all these unnecessary deaths because of these people saying bullshit. And, and, and they got rid of a bunch of people. And I think it's kind of an honor that one of them was in Sixers Twitter. You know, yeah. he, he, didn't, he didn't quit, I think is important to say. He got booted off by Twitter. <laughs> so, Lance, your Twitter will be missed. And I, I'm glad I got to give you a quick yeah. shout out here. Lance, call in whenever you get a chance. Um, <laughs> so, and then the other thing we want to talk about in, in media, there's a big story about Ellen DeGeneres and her workplace that has been fostering some toxicity and uh, uh, lack of diversity. And apparently she is not being nice to anyone. Uh, so they're all wondering who is going to replace Ellen on Ellen, which I don't even know if that is really going to happen. Uh, but which sixer should replace Ellen on Ellen? Uh, Emily, what do you think? Well, I think that Matisse seems like an obvious answer, mm -hmm. but I'm going to go with, I think Ben Simmons could replace Ellen Ooh. just because a lot of the issue with Ellen isn't how she this is all, I don't actually know if any of this is confirmed. So I guess <laughs> allegedly, I'm going to say everything is alleged. Um, she doesn't, she treats her guests fine. It's her, her staff and the people that work around her that right. she does not treat nicely. And I've, from Snapchats and other things I've seen, it seems that Ben treats the people around him very kindly. True. That 
he becomes close friends with them. They go on trips together. They seem to have a lot of fun. So I think he would really facilitate a positive workplace culture. I agree. So I think, and I, I mean, Ben's funny. He's got a cute accent. Like mm-hmm. that's, that yeah. always is good is an accent. Like James Corden has a show cause he is an accent. It's true. So I think that I think Ben would be great. Dan, what do you think? Which Sixer should re- should replace Ellen? What a podcast! So, this might be an unpopular opinion here, but I went with Joshua Harris, and <laughs> and here's why: if you look at Ellen, right, like what was the thing with Ellen? It was like a year ago, where it's like you know she like she'll take like very accepting stances on social issues, but like simultaneously, like she thinks it's very cool to be friends with a war criminal as long as they're like rich <laughs> and famous. You're right, and. I think that's totally Joshua Harris, you know, like Sixers are putting out the statement like, you know, we're, you know, we're all in on this Black Lives Matter movement. We support our players, you know, we support the people protesting in our city. And then, you know, he's also like giving money to like Tom Cotton, who says that you should go in and send the military on the protesters. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of Ellen Schick. Like, I think he fills he fills the same role there. Plus, I think, you know, Ellen has a ton of money now. so Joshua Harris could say, you know, this is a great moneymaker. I don't have time for the Sixers anymore. Sell the damn team. Everything gets better. I Look think he's that. perfect. And talk about charisma. Get Josh Harris in front of a microphone. <laughs> and I'm well, listening. I mean, Josh, Josh Harris, if you put a blindfold on, I would think he was Bill Simmons. So he clearly <laughs> knows how to handle the microphone. That's right. Two absolute dynamos. Um, <laughs> I think it should be Furkan Korkmaz. I, it's not, he just makes me laugh. I think it'd be a fun time. Uh, the last thing that we're going to do is talk about the upcoming games uh, this actually that are going to round out the re- the end of the season. Uh, not Portland. We already saw that game. It was great. Uh, Phoenix, Toronto, and Houston. Uh, the Sixers will play them all this week before heading into the playoffs. What do we think? Do they end up with the sixth seed? Right now they are – I think they have identical records to, uh, to Indiana, but Indiana holds a tiebreaker. What do you think happens? They're pointing um, at each other for the podcast. Yeah, I'm like, someone go. To see who's up. <laughs> I can go. Um, I think, let's see. I think they'll beat Phoenix just because Phoenix is playing so well in the bubble. And I just think it would be funny for the Sixers to like burst their bubble. I wish I could have <laughs> thought of a better phrase. Um, but I don't, I mean, Toronto and Houston, like they'll probably lose them too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Like, we don't know what they're going to do. Yeah. It's just like, Dude, I don't Would you have rather any... them play uh, uh, Boston or Miami? I'd rather them play Boston. Agreed. Um, but I'm not afraid of Miami. I Like I said, I think in a seven-game series, I think that Joe takes over. Mm-hmm. I don't think he wants to get bounced in the first round. And in either of those series, we have the best player on the court. So, but I don't know that he can take over for – three rounds in a row like that seems exhausting and a lot to ask of one person but yeah yeah next three games I agree with Emily Phoenix definitely win if you ask me like last season beginning of the year definitely a loss but Mm -hmm. you know a team playing better than they should there's no chance the Sixers lose to them (laughs) team playing bad definitely they lose but there's no way Phoenix beats the Sixers this week yeah uh and you know kind of in the same idea Toronto tries way too hard. The Sixers have no chance against them. So that's a clear one and one after that. And they're that. so deep. Everybody's good. Everybody yeah. on the team is good. Well, I mean, the Sixers are going to put in, like, you know, Furkan and Glenn Robinson lineups. <laughs> and Glenn Robinson hasn't played in weeks. And, you know, Ananobi's going to be on the floor. And he's going to 
be playing hard because he wants yeah. a contract. And there's there's no way the Sixers win. I mean, yeah. not against a team, but this has been proving themselves all year. And then against Houston, I think they can win. Last time they lost because Capella killed him. So yeah, I think now that Capella's gone, they might actually do some damage. They have the guys to to you know throw some bodies at, at Harden and, and make it as hard for him as possible. So I think and that's the last game of the season. So we'll see if anybody actually plays in that game, any of the important players on either team. Uh, yeah. But that's, that's basically it. Is there anything else guys? Did we hit it all? I'd like to bring up one thing. Please Dan. The rumor that came out yesterday, that not oh, even God. a rumor that some random exec in the East thinks the Sixers should split up Simmons and Embiid. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sure. I can't handle this anymore. Right. Sim- they're saying if Simmons doesn't, if Simmons doesn't uh, play and the Sixers lose before he comes back, then they have to split up Simmons and <laughs> Why? What? That doesn't make any sense. If they can't yeah. win with one of them, then they have to trade the other. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. No. It doesn't make any sense. The two of them are excellent. Uh, how about we change some of the players around them who are not good enough? All of them. And, uh, you know, obviously you change the coach before you do anything like that. Would love a change in the front office, which I don't think will happen. But uh, I think they're really the least of – they're not perfect, but they're the least of right. uh, their worries right now. They're certainly the least of their worries. Yeah. Um, well, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll be back next, uh, next Monday, and we hope you're all well. Good to see you guys, and uh, I'll too. talk to you then. See ya. Bye, guys. Yeah.